Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm loving this series. We're in a series right now that we're simply calling More Than a Story. We're diving into the Old Testament. We're processing through some of these stories that maybe you remember hearing as a kid if you grew up in church, or maybe for you this is the first time that you've heard it, but we're doing our best to give some application, some, something to grab a hold of on each of these stories. Now, week one, we looked at in the beginning. We figured the greatest place to start would be Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We begin to give application to the onset of all existence. We've moved forward into Adam and Eve, to Noah's Ark, to Abraham and Isaac, Jacob and Esau. Last week, we looked at Joseph's experience going from the pit to the palace. Now today, we're actually going to get out of the book of Genesis And we're going to Exodus. Come on, we made it through one book already. Come on, we have survived. We are in Exodus chapter 3 today. We find a man by the name of Moses. Now Moses, we're going to find out here next Sunday that he's going to confront a pretty important guy. He's going to confront Pharaoh with a great challenge of letting the Israelites go. They've been in slavery for many, many, many years, and he's going to go before Pharaoh, and he's going to say, let my people go. We're going to watch all sorts of chaos unfold next week, but today, I want to look at that moment in time where Moses has a conversation with God. You see, God lays out a challenge to Moses. But here's the interesting thing about God. When God begins to speak to you and I, to his people, oftentimes it's not like a conversation that you and I would have one with another. We, we don't necessarily see God walk into the room and he's like, what's up? Let's have a chat. You know, I don't know about you. I've never had one of those moments. I've had moments where there's been that, that still small voice or that, that, that thought of, of consistency and, and, and urgency that God lays upon my heart. But Moses' experience was absolutely incredible. You see, God shows up to Moses in a burning bush. Take a look at this. It says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of the Midian. He led the flock into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses! Now, could you imagine? Come on, here you are. It's a normal day, everyday event. You're watching the flock as you've done for 40 years. And suddenly you see a bush on fire. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you would have been curious little beavers and you would have like gone toward that burning bush? Anybody would have been curious? How many of you would have turned and run the other direction? 
You're even scared to raise your hand right now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, in the chat this morning, if you're watching online, would you place in there, would you be curious or would you simply run away? What would it be for you? I know for me, I would have been curious. I mean, this bush is on fire, yet it's not burning up. And out of the midst of the bush, as I'm coming closer to it, this voice, the voice of God, begins to call out Moses' name. He says, don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at, a God, look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of the harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of the suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look! The cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Look what God says. I will be with you. If you look at verse 2, it says, The angel of the Lord peered to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. And Moses stared in amazement. We just talked about our response, how we would have responded. Some of you would have been curious. Some of you apparently would have done nothing because you didn't raise your hand for either one. And some of you would have run in fear when you saw this bush on fire. For Moses, he was curious in this moment. But what he experienced in that situation was far more than he anticipated as I began to look closer at this story, I discovered that this was simply an ordinary day for Moses. Chapter 3, verse 1, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. This was an ordinary day. But in the midst of Moses' ordinary day, God was about to insert an extraordinary plan. Now, it's important for us to note here that Moses was no longer in the palace. Now, some of you didn't realize he was in the palace, but let me give you just a little backstory. If we go to chapter 2, we see that Moses was placed in a basket by his mom. Pharaoh was trying to kill all the small boys, so his mom put him in a basket and, and kind of snuck him down through the reeds and all the watery area. And here is where our story picks up. The princess, the daughter of Pharaoh, finds Moses in this basket, and she takes him to safety. 
Now, through a course of events, Moses' mom ends up raising Moses for a few months before he is adopted by the princess and moved to the palace. There he's educated, he's trained as if he is the princess's very own son. But when he's about 40 years old, Pharaoh, I'm sorry, uh, Moses goes out and he sees an Egyptian slave driver beating one of the Israelites. So out of compassion for the Israelites, his people, what does Moses do? He takes matters in his own hands and he kills the Egyptian. Now, word gets out of what Moses did. Now, Pharaoh is angry with Moses, so Moses runs for his life, and he spends the next 40 years tending sheep. So here we are. Moses is now 80 years old. He's married, tending sheep for his father-in-law, Jethro, when he comes face to face with the presence of God. And here's what I've discovered in this story. God will show up in the ordinary times of life if we will make ourselves available to him. Let me say that again. Some of you need to grab a hold of that today. God will show up in the ordinary times of life. Oftentimes we think, well, in order for me to experience God's presence, it's got to be an extraordinary moment. I've got to have the worship team behind me leading me into the throne room of God. I've got to have some talented people helping me make my way to Jesus. But here we see Moses is simply in the fields tending sheep. And suddenly a, he spots in the distance a, a bush that is engulfed in fire, but not burning up. And as he gets closer to the bush, God calls out to him with a great challenge. You see, God will show up in the ordinary times of life if we will make ourselves available to him. But here's the problem. Many times we are guilty of limiting what God can do because we place personal limitations along the way. We throw out an excuse here, limited reasoning there. Our insecurities begin to well up. They run free through our hearts and through our minds. And, and quite honestly, that's exactly what we see happening in Moses as he approaches the burning bush. All of these excuses are holding back the extraordinary plan that God has for our lives. And as I read through this story time and time again, I realized that this should be, if no other story is, this story alone should be an encouragement to each and every one of us today whether you're here in person or you're watching online, I believe that there's something in Moses' experience with this burning bush as God begins to call out to him that each and every one of us can relate with. Why? Well, we've been there time and time again. Perhaps God has given instruction. Perhaps God has spoken into our hearts, and for one reason or another, we lay God's plan to the side, and we present a laundry list of all the reasons why his plan 
just won't work. So today, I want to look at this story of Moses, and I want to process through four common attitudes that hold us back. By the way, I've titled this morning's message, Anyone But Me. I can't tell you how many times I've had people walk up to me and they say, Pastor, you know the ministry that we need to have. We need to have a ministry that does this and this and this. We need to have a ministry that taps into that area. Or this is a very unreached group of people. We need to speak into their lives. And many times my response is this, when do you want to start? Oh, well, no, I can't do that. Anyone, anyone but me. I'm not, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not prepared to do that. I, I really don't have the knowledge to do that. I'm just not the right person. I'm not the guy for the job. Moses, likewise, comes up with a myriad of excuses why he cannot go before Pharaoh and command the release of the Israelites. So let's look at four common attitudes. Number one is this. I don't know what to do. Come on, has God ever given you a challenge? God ever laid something out in your life and your first response is, I just don't know what to do. I, I just don't know, how, I've never done that before. I, I've, never, I've never attempted that before. It's not really in my wheelhouse. I just don't know what to do. You see, if you keep reading on in this story today, we realize that God proves himself time and time again to Moses. Yet each and every time, Moses still finds a reason why God's plan will not work. Have you done that before? God speaks to you, he gives you direction, and for one reason or another, you pipe up as if you have a better plan than God as if you have a, a better way to accomplish the task than God does. Moses begins to lay out excuse after excuse of why it just can't be done. Look what it says in verse 11. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Now, if we take the time to read the story and go back into Exodus chapter 2, it appears that God's plan makes perfect sense. Moses was born for this adventure. He knows the ins and outs of the palace. He lived there for 40 years. He knows the lingo that they use. He knows some of the people that are still there. He seems like the picture perfect guy. Yet Moses quickly responds to the voice of God coming out of this engulfed by flames bush, and he says, who am I to stand before Pharaoh? I don't know what to do. And I love God's response. He doesn't say, come on, Mayor, uh, Moses, get up, get your chin up. You were created for a moment like he doesn't give him some sort of um, pep talk. He doesn't give him some sort of self-help moment. He doesn't really kind of encourage him. All he says is this, I'll be with you. Moses' response was, I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. And God says, I will be 
with you. Can I remind you today that God is with you? Look at verse 12. God answered, I will be with you. There's an old saying out there. It simply says this, if God sees you to it, he will see you through it. God's not going to bring you up to this moment. God wasn't going to set Moses up for failure in this situation. But God had already prepared inside of Moses. Moses didn't realize that. But God had already begun to prepare Moses for such a time as this. Now, the last time that Moses tried to help any of the Hebrews, the Israelites, out, he was attempting to do it in his own ability. How many of you know there's a huge difference between trying to do it by yourself and doing it with the help of God? Come on, let's show God an amen. How many of you know there's a huge difference between trying to do it by yourself? Let me pause. How many of you have ever tried it by yourself? Had that work out? Mm. Not very good, huh? But what happens when you add God into the equation? It makes all the difference in the world. But this might have been part of Moses' hesitation. Perhaps in that time when, when God began to speak into Moses, and he says, Moses, I want you to go talk to Pharaoh. I want you to help release the Israelites out of slavery. I'm calling you to this. I can't help but imagine that Moses went back 40 years in his mind. And he thinks the last time that I attempted to help them, the bottom fell out. I had to flee from my life. Not only did Pharaoh want to kill me, even the other Hebrews, even the other Israelites were after me. But God said, You're not alone. This time's different. If you'll trust me, if you'll lean upon me, I'll be with you. How many of you know that when God is in the journey with you, the odds are forever in your favor? Yet Moses still pushes back in verse 13. It says, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what do I tell them? See, Moses was full of excuses in this moment, all the reasons why this can't happen. But very quickly, God responds, I am the one who always is. Simply tell them, I am has sent you. I stated it a moment ago, but I got to restate it right now. God will never place you in a situation of defeat. God will never lead you to the edge of the cliff and then watch you fall off. Look what the Bible says. By his divine power, God has given us some of, is that what it says? Come on, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. 
This takes out the excuse of I don't know what to do. I'm not qualified. I don't have the ability. I just don't have the knowledge. God has already given to you everything. Everything that you need for living a godly life. And I love this next promise in Deuteronomy chapter 31. It says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've heard people quote the very end of the scripture. Oh, brother, God will never abandon you. God will never turn his back on you. God is always going to be with you. And I love that, but I think sometimes we forget the first portion of that. God goes personally before us. Come on. He doesn't send out the B team. You're going through an issue, you're going through a struggle, you're up against that wall. God doesn't send out the second string. But God goes personally ahead of you to make the plan, to lay out the course, to set things up for you. Why? Because he's given you everything you need for living this godly life. So in turn, we've got to learn to trust in him. That's where Moses began to struggle. Moses kept coming back to his inabilities, his insecurities. How many of you would agree with me today that when we lean upon self, inevitably we're going to let ourselves down? When we begin to say, you know what? I got to do this myself, and we buckle in, and we're ready to go, and we try it by ourselves. Eventually, sooner than later, we're going to stumble. We're going to fall. Why? Because we weren't equipped to do this by ourselves. God said, I am is with you. That I'll go before you, that I'll pave the way, that I'll lay out the course for you and I don't think he was just talking to Moses I think he's talking to you and to me today look at our second attitude no one will believe me he says I don't know what to do and, and more than that no one will even believe me I've been gone for 40 years I don't have a relationship with these guys I'm going to walk in and they're going to say who are you they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to believe me. Chapter 4, it says this, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? God, have you ever thought of that? What if they ask me, what if they accuse me of making up this story? Then what do I do? Again, perhaps Moses was tapping in to his insecurities. The last time he attempted to help out the Israelites, they rejected him. They rejected his efforts. Would this time be the same case? If he walked in and told them, hey guys, I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh and we're going to get you out of this slavery mess that you're in. Would they reject me once again? See, the fear of rejection is a real struggle in our lives today. 
We have this natural need, this natural desire for acceptance and belonging. We're drawn to people that will accept us just as we are. I believe that's why peer pressure is such a real problem in our culture. Now, many times we say, well, peer pressure is a thing in school, but I'm going to be honest, even as an almost 50-year-old, peer pressure is a real thing. We want to be accepted. We want people to, to like our ideas. Regardless of your age, we all long for people to bring us into their group. This was a struggle that Moses was facing. Would he once again be rejected by his very own people? Now, even though God promised to, to watch over Moses, to rescue the Israelites, Moses still did not believe that God would follow through. This fear became larger than life. So what does God do? Three times, God shows him a miracle and says, if they don't believe, do this, and they'll believe. Well, what if they don't believe that? Then do this, and they'll believe. What if they don't believe that? Then do this, and they will believe. Yet still, Moses had a lack of confidence in self and perhaps even with God. How often do we face with disbelief because we doubt that we can or even God can? Look what it says in Joshua chapter 1. In the same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Listen carefully. In the same way that God was with Moses, and we're going to find out next week as we unfold this whole story, we're going to discover next week that God was with Moses every step of the way. Even when Pharaoh hardened his heart even more and, and fought back against Moses and the Israelites, God was with him. God was faithful. And just as God was faithful and God was with Moses, I want you to hear today. I want you to understand today. God's with you. God's desire, God's plan is to journey through life with you. We have a saying here at Encounter Church that we often lay out, and it's simply this. At Encounter Church, no one walks alone. Now, there's two sides to that. Number one, we have one another. You're, if you're here, you're part of this family. If you're online, you're part of this family. Welcome to the Encounter Church family. You're no longer alone. You have a network of people that desire, that long to journey through life with you in good times and in bad times. But it goes deeper than that. God is always with you. You don't have to journey through life by yourself, in the same way that God was with Moses, God will be with you today. Look at our third attitude. Moses simply says, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to do this. Have you ever been asked to do something that you felt that you weren't qualified to do? I remember several years ago, I was on staff at another church. At that point, I was the music pastor, and 
the pastor walks in my office one day, and he and I had been good friends for years, and, and I'm sitting there, and he walks in, and he said, I want you to start making some banners for every one of the sermon series. And that's kind of how he talked. It's kind of gruff voice. I want you to make a, a banner, and I want you to design it. I want you to put graphics on it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not an artist. I can't do that. And then I thought, one of the other pastors has an associate degree in graphic design. That makes more sense, Right? So what did I do? I said, yes, sir, I'll make it happen. I'll figure this thing out. Likewise, when God begins to speak into our lives, what do we do? There may be moments of insecurity. There may be moments that we don't know what to do. There may be moments we doubt our qualification. But remember, God always has a plan. What is the plan that God has been developing in you that you need to step out and act on? I want you, that's going to be your homework for this week. I want you to begin to process, God, what is it that you're developing in my life? God, what is it you're beginning to stir in my life that you're calling me to do? And I've been guilty of laying out the excuses of why I am not qualified to do it. But God, I'm ready to listen. And then begin to allow God to unfold what he has. Look what it says in verse 10. Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I, 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 don't, I don't talk well. I've never, been, I've, I've, never, I've never been good with words, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I, I, stutter, I, I, I stutter and I, I stammer. Even though God supplied Moses with all that he needed, Moses still came up with reasons why he wasn't qualified for the job. Moses began to plead with God, let me out of this calling. Yet God knew that all that Moses needed was a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance. So here's what I've discovered. God is not looking for your ability. He's longing for your availability. Come on, God's not asking you to be the greatest of all things. He's not asking you to have it all figured out. He's not asking you to be fully gifted to the full expanse of all of that's out there. No, 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 no. All God's saying is, will you be willing to be used? He's not looking for your ability. He's longing for your availability. Will you give that to him? See, God wasn't calling Moses to become skilled. God already knew that he was capable. God's speaking to some of you this morning, some of you in this moment, in regards to your availability, yet you're afraid, you're, you're unsure of your qualifications. It's easier just to sit in the shadows. It's easier just to, to kind of hide back away from everybody. 
to slip in unknown, to slip in when, when everybody else's attention is someplace else, to kind of slip into our corner, and right before the service is over, we can slip out, and no one is going to know we're there. We don't have to talk to anybody. We're not accountable to anybody. But God said, would you step out of the darkness? Would you come into the light? Would you allow me to use you for something greater than you ever imagined before? There's always someone better. There's always someone stronger. There's always somebody more charismatic or more knowledgeable than we are. Yet God has not asked you to be them. God's asked you to be you. God isn't asking you to have their form of, of communication. God hasn't asked you to have their ability or their level of knowledge. He just wants you to be available, willing, and obedient. Look at our fourth attitude. Once again, Moses pipes up with an excuse he says, I'm not the right person for the job. I don't know what to do. No one will believe me. I'm not qualified. Surely I'm not the right person. Verse 13, Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. He pleaded, please. I don't know what to do. I don't have a relationship with them. They're not going to believe me. I'm not qualified to do this. I, I don't speak well. I'm not going to be able to communicate with authority to Pharaoh. It's just not going to work. I'm not your guy. Would you please send somebody else, anybody but me? I want you to know today that if God's called you to something, he'll equip you. He'll enable you. We read it a moment ago. God has already given you everything you need. The problem is sometimes we've, we've closed a door and what we need is right behind that door. If we would, in obedience, open that door, we would receive what God has for us. Allow God to place you where you need to be. See, there was a common thread in every one of Moses' responses. Did you see it? It says, I, I don't know what to do. I'm not qualified. I'm not your man. But here's where we got to wrap ourselves around. God hasn't called us to come to him with everything figured out. Moses didn't have a clue as to how he alone could convince Pharaoh. Yet God has a plan. So let's put all these pieces together. When Moses was about 40 years old, he killed an Egyptian slave driver. But at that point in time, Moses was strong he was well-educated. He was skilled. He had military knowledge. He was physically gifted. He had military support. He was deeply sympathetic for his people. 
on the surface, it appeared that Moses was the perfect setup for God. That everything seems to fall apart. Pharaoh wants him dead. The Israelites, many of them have turned against him. He runs for his life. He pays the price working in the fields for 40 years, herding sheep, doing what now seems very insignificant. No doubt this was a humbling moment for Moses. But God had to move Moses from self-sufficient Moses to a place of complete reliance and dependence on him. God wanted to use this Moses, not the one from 40 years ago. So Moses had to make a switch in his mind from surely God wants to use me. That just makes sense. To this place of who am I that God could use me? See, God doesn't want your impressive. Acts chapter 40 says Moses, when he was 40 years old, was impressive. He had it all going, powerful in speech and in action. Now he finds himself in this humble place of God, I'm just not enough. So again, God doesn't need our impressive. He desires our willingness. Why is that? Well, like Moses, when we come to the table in our strength, in our self-reliance, we'll find ourselves stumbling all over ourselves. And the end result will pale in comparison to what God has in store. So today, as we look at this, this story of Moses, I'm going to challenge you. Step out of self and say, God, whatever you have, God, whatever you want to do, I don't understand why you want to use me because I, I don't, I'm not qualified. They won't listen to me. I'm not your guy. But Lord, if you want to use me, here I am. God's going to speak into some of your lives. Some of you haven't yet plugged into areas of ministry. You've been kind of sitting on the sidelines, and, and I love you being here. I love you being online. I absolutely love you just tapping into what God's doing here. But God's calling you to a new season. Some of you, God's calling to begin to be an influence in your household, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. To rather, be in, rather than be in silence when you go through your day of work, to be a voice, a spokesperson for the cause of Christ. God's calling some of you to begin to share your testimony, to be open to listen to Him, to follow Him. I don't know where God's leading. I don't know who your Pharaoh is that God wants you to address. But I know that God is longing for your willingness today. God's longing for your availability today. Let's pray. 
Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.